All right, y'all. For today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. I packed up all the equipment and I took the podcast on the road. Today, we are speaking with my friend Dave. I met Dave in 2007 in Shanghai, maybe even 2006. We became friends. We moved in together, stayed, lived together for a couple years in a couple of different apartments, you know. Shout out to uh, Wu Ding Lu. Uh, I wish I could remember the cross street off the top of my head, but uh, Shizang Lu was the other apartment. Man, good good times. Um, yeah, Dave drove up from uh, San Diego where he lives. I took the train down from Seattle and we met up in Portland, Oregon at his mom's house. And we actually recorded two episodes and... Here we are starting with part two, actually, because part one was very long and I didn't have a lot of time to edit today. So we're starting with part two and you're just going to have to be okay with that. So here we go. This is the episode, okay? Welcome to This Week in Sparkling Water. I'm your host, Joachim Eriksson. Part two of our Dave, David Phillips sessions. How are you, Dave? I'm doing very well, Magnus. Thank <laughs> you for asking. <laughs> okay, so today we're doing three flavors of yerba mate. Have you ever had yerba mate, Dave? Yep. I'm from, I, I haven't drank a lot of it, but I'm definitely aware of it mm. and have tried it. You know, with someone like you, I would assume that either you're just vaguely familiar with it or you've spent a lot of time in South America having actual mate from like the fucking Calabasas with the wooden stick in there or however they Becoming do. a mateca. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Is that a word? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, used to, I used to the... work at this uh, mental health treatment company called Progress Foundation in San yeah. Francisco. And uh, so I worked at one of the centers called Avenue's House. And then we'd go for training sometimes. And people from all the different centers would, would be around at the training. And there were a couple of chicks uh, who always had like the full, the full mate. Oh, really? The full mate setup with the, with the bamboo, you know, straw thing. and Right. And they were really ornery about it. Like, I guess they didn't like being asked about it. Oh. And I was just one of those, like, that was when I was the, you know, a newcomer to Mate. Like, I had a sense that that's what it was, but I really didn't know. Um, does, does the cat want to get into the room? The cat wants in. The cat may need to take another dump in our studio. Oh, such an active cat. He such is. an active boy. It's like he's been on Mate, you know, all yeah. morning. But yeah, so I was like... What these wooden straws do? Yeah. What are you smoking in that glass yeah. and stuff? And she was just like, "Get the fuck away from me!" Fuck, <laughs> I mean, which is fair is... enough. No, 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 no. There are like gradations to how annoying you can be, and when you're one of those people who goes way too hard on doing something super authentic, that's very annoying. But when you do that and then also don't want to be asked about it. Mm-hmm. That's maximum annoying. Like when you have a very rare, weird-looking thing that yeah. you're walking around with, and you don't want to be asked about it. That's like, and this was like 20 years ago or something too. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't like nowadays where you have you can buy it in a, you know. I didn't know if she yeah. was like you know drinking some mushroom tea at the meeting or yeah. what. You know, because <laughs> like, it looks like a drug thing. I mean, oh, you, it does. I, you could definitely think that about it, but. Yeah, I mean, maybe to an extent it is if you consider caffeine to be a drug. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it looks like they have some, just like some dried organic materials because, and some know. weird straw. But it's, I mean, it's uh, it's, pra- it's practical, you know, to have, it's basically a straw with a strainer on it or with a, a yeah. filter to keep all the junk, keep yeah. you from drinking the junk that's in there. But anyway, okay, so we're going to start here then. We're going to start with clean cause. Have you ever heard of clean cause? Never, never heard of it. Nope. It's they sent me these for free. I very oh. much. I'm a big fan. Fifty percent of profits go to addiction recovery, so it's where I found the intersection of uh, AA and sparkling water. Oh, but it's 160 milligrams of better caffeine. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, this gets you going. That man. seems like a lot of milligrams of caffeine. Isn't like green tea is like 25 to 50 or yeah, something? Yeah, but green tea. Or... 
But a but a rain energy drink is three hundred. But a monster energy drink is one sixty. One sixty is a lot. Drinking a whole can of this gets me going. So this is berry mint. We're doing berry mint today. Okay, let's smell it. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of berry. A little bit of cough syrup. Kind of close nose. But then let's try it. See. I really like that. It's like drinking a sparkling berry juice with a little hint aftertaste of mint. But it's I good. think it's like a mint tea. Yeah, there's a mint tea-ness the uh, tea, aftertaste. The tea of the mate is... The mate flavor here is a pretty normal, almost like a black tea flavor. Is there ma- Oh, there's, there's mate in it. Huh? Yeah, it's all different kinds of things. The berry is a little bit superfluous. Like, I could do without the berry. Oh, all these are mint mate. Dang. Yeah, we're doing mint mate. It's a very specific category. But don't you like it, though? I do like it, yeah. Yeah, it's very drinkable. It has actual uh, berry juice in it, doesn't it? Let's see. It's not a flavor. That's like, that's the juice. Purified sparkling water. Organic erythritriol. Organic yerba mate extract. Organic blackberry flavor. Organic hibiscus extract. Organic mint extract. It's just the flavor, huh? The extract. Huh. Yeah, it's good. Zero calories, no juice. But this, I'm a huge fan. I just really like the, the tea flavor mate thing. It's very pleasant, yeah. So you were in Germany last year. True that. Did you see Club Mate? It's everywhere. I didn't. We didn't go looking for the mate. I was just eyeing all the beers and the... Yeah, it's a... It's a caffe- heavily caffeinated, cold, very sparkling glass bottle, big yellow label, classic German drink, which is wow. like old-timey mate, unflavored. It's just like a strong mate flavor, Yeah. cold, carbonated, real good. Germans swear by it. Wow. I love it, dude. I love it so much that this one time I paid a lot of money to have a case sent to Sweden. Well, right, it's good it. enough for the Germans. Yeah. But give it give it a score, my boy. So I was pretty harsh on, on our last episode together. Because they weren't very good. They weren't too good. I think I peeked out at a 7 or 7.5. Yeah. You get something like Yeah. This is definitely a, a strong 7 or 8 in yeah. my book. Yeah. It's, it's good stuff. I would drink it. I would even give this a 9. I'm just like a... I kind of crave this. Like in yeah, the morning. I could see that. Get it going... Like when you, coffee, I mean, I love coffee, but it's yeah. like caffeine, it's sparkling, it's cold, it's a lot of liquid, it's a tall boy. Yep. You just drink one of those and your day is like, it's so crisp and, I could do without the berry and it's a little bit too sweet. Like I wouldn't mind it being a little bit more bitter. You just want the the mate and the mint? Mate and not mint. the berry? Yeah, I just, the mint really works for me. Excuse me. Well, this, there is a, there is a straight mate mint thing here. It was funny <laughs> you, you mean here men- on the table okay it's funny you should mention not yeah. wanting the berry because we happen to have a a non-berry related yeah. ma- mate mint let's do this well. one yerbana sparkling yerbana is the brand yerbana yerbana sparkling yerba mate mint wait is this also caffeinated then I believe if it has mate in it it's going to be having S- some caffeine 65 milligrams of naturally occurring caffeine Hey, that's like a hundred milligrams less than in that last yeah. one. But this is uh, this sounds good, man. Brewed tea with organic spearmint leaves. This could be real natural, dude. You ready we, for this? We've got a bunch of mint growing in our yard. That's in our, nice. In our courtyard, it it grows like a weed. It grows wild. You got a little bit of a garden down there in San Diego. We've got pretty pretty happening garden. Yeah, that's beautiful. You don't man. have to do much. But we, but Jesse put some work into it, and I kind of clean it out sometimes. Hey, Taro, we, we laid some groundwork before, buddy. Yeah. Ground rules. Yeah. The cat is coughing up a hairball, I believe. Mm, no, we'll know if he's doing that. Okay. It, it's a lot more hacking. and It's a, it's a lot more acoustic. <sighs> yeah. Okay, let's smell this one. Urbana. Ooh, that smells like toothpaste. No, I think it's more chill than that. Yeah, it's... It's got that leafy, um, mm, aromatic, herbaceous, like chlorophyll, maybe. Okay, 
Damn, I'm excited. Let's try it. Whoa. Damn. That's Ooh. some vegetal taste. Yeah, it's got a vegetal... It's like you've been chewing on mint until the mint flavor's gone, and yeah. you're just chewing on... Leaves. On stems, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like real leafy. Yeah. Real plant mattery. That's right. But is it good? I mean, if you're into that, I guess. Yeah, it's... no, it's good. It's good. It's pretty good. I like the last the last one's flavor better. Yeah. The last one, it's I don't think pleasant. I give it a score. I think the last one, I give it a nine. Mm-hmm. The clean cause. I'm just he really here for it. Everything about the clean cause. This one's giving you, like, layers of mint that you didn't imagine existed in a drink. Yeah. So if you really want to taste, taste some mint from the, like, the, the kind of, you know... Clean, minty, you know, traditional mint taste. Yeah. Down to the the earthy yeah. mint mintness, like it's giving you all those essences. Yeah, this is not like a fake toothpaste category mint. Like I believe they threw the whole mint plant into the yeah. into the maceration machine or whatever when These they made this. It wasn't it wasn't just the leaves, the leaves. Dude. But yeah, our garden's pretty good. Like we've got an orange tree, a lime tree. A bunch of, uh, like, cactuses and uh, succulents. We've got a bunch of, uh, a giant bird of of paradise. And uh, we actually saw a rat. So we go go into one of our rooms, and the cats are just, like, you know, staring at the window and trying to get out the window and stuff. Yeah. At one night. And then uh, we actually have this on video, I think. Mm. And, uh, like, then there's just this huge rat sitting on top of this giant birds of paradise head, you know, yeah. and he's just sitting there. I think he was munching it because wow. there was some kind of like, you know, sap or some kind of, yeah. um, like nectar or something coming out of it. And he was like yeah. eating on that, but he just sat up there for a while. And then the, just the cats are going crazy because they'd love to get out at him. But right. But he, he usually eats the oranges, but that time he was kicking Damn, it on dude. the birds of paradise. You got rats eating your oranges. That's a shame. In Sweden, yeah. it's always reindeer, man. Reindeer are such a nuisance. Whatever you're trying to grow out there, fucking reindeer. Is it man. fair to say that reindeer are the rats of Sweden? Yeah. I kind of want a tiny little splash of this one before we go on to the next one. One more. Ugh. Yeah, this one's the... I like it. What's it called again? The Yerbana. The Yerbana, it's, it's intense, you know? It yeah. really has the earthy, earthiness and yeah, you can taste the mate. Yeah. It tastes the mate yeah. a lot more. Did you say it has like brewed tea in there or is it yes. brewed mate? It says brewed tea, parenthesis, filtered water, organic fair trade yerba mate, organic oh. spearmint leaves, close parenthesis. Okay, so the tea is the, the mate and the mate. Mate is a tea. Right. Right. Well, you can taste the mate in this one stronger than in the last one. And I respect that. Yeah. So- I respect, you know... But I'm just going to give it like a 6 or a 6.5 because I don't love the flavor. I'm not in love with the flavor. But if you like a nice, earthy, mm. you know, you want to taste your mate in there. Yeah. You don't want to taste like berries covering over the mate. This is for you. Yeah. And it's minty too. Minty in ways that the uh, that the first one, the, what's it called again? The clean cause. The clean cause. Yeah. I mean... This has a lot more mint, mint spectrum yeah. than, 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 than did the clean cause. Yeah, so I've had a couple of, they sent me three flavors of, of clean cause, and the other ones are more yerba mate forward, and this one, the clean cause mint, berry yeah. mint, it, it's less about the mate. The berry is kind of a big sweetness there, and then the mint is pretty strong. Well, um, the last one here, I, I, I have the lowest expectations because this is like the really commercialized. That's, that's everyone. Yeah, I've definitely seen that around. The guayaki, guayaki, organic yerba mate. This is the thing that has always been around. And even though I'm obsessed with club mate from Germany, I've never gravitated towards this because it just seems like a totally different, very sweet thing. Oh, is it? Really? I don't know. I think I've I we'll haven't had it in, in years. Yeah, I haven't had it in years. But the thing about the club mate and like the yer- yerbana, it's the I really enjoy the bitterness. Let's try it. 
guayaki, the, the yellow can. You've all seen this in a grocery store in America. That's right. It's got a bright red color, blackberry mint. I think they come in sparkling and still. Let's smell it. Ooh, almost pretty good. No smell though. I'm smelling some tartness, some berry, some blackberryness. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's a subtle, be- real berries actually. Kind of a real. Yeah, it smells like, smells like real berries. Okay, let's try it. Huh. Hmm, not bad. It's yeah. very drinkable. Yeah, it's not as sweet as I was fearing that it would be. Not too sweet. It's got it's tart. I'm not tasting any mate or mint though at this point. But... Yeah, it's just like a blackberry beverage. Eh? <laughs> Is it not? Well, I just had a little swig, so let me let me go deeper. Some more. Go deeper, Dave. Go into the deep end. Yeah, this is this is actually what I was expecting. It's like not a very cool mate. This is yeah the least mate forward of any of the three beverages. It's it's pleasant to drink, but it's basically a sparkling blackberry drink. Yeah, with some kind of little undercurrent or something, something. But you tiny don't really, can't really earthiness. Tell. Yeah, tiny tea esque earthiness. That's a good description, Joe. Does it? Eat? Yeah, okay. It also has eighty milligrams of caffeine. We're gonna be hopping, dude. It's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we got to do these episodes in the morning. That's right. So I give that one a four because it's a bright red, not very watery. Not very tea. I'm not. Yep. Yeah. It's. It, it, I find it annoying. Mm-hmm. It's basically like an Arizona iced tea, sparkling. Ouch. Yeah, that's a burn. I. You know, I liked it better than you, but out of respect for mate. Yeah. I will also give it a four because yeah. it. It said it, it. It. It seems to purport. Yerba mate is the big. Are the biggest words on yeah. that can. And they're using some, you know, traditional South American designs. Yeah. But that's just, just some sparkling blackberry. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck you, Guayaki. Yeah, this is <laughs> this feels super appropriate. But it, it is pleasant to drink, but it's not, it's not yerba mate, though. Yeah, it makes me want to rant about cultural appropriation, but you know what? I'm not yeah. going to do that. Nope. Do you want a little bit more of any of them? We got to finish Don't them. mind if I do. I'm going to have a little bit more clean cause. Yeah, the clean cause was, I think, oops, oh, shit. was my okay. favorite as well. Well, let's mix a little clean cause with the second one. Then. You want a little <laughs> bit of Yerbana in there too? Yeah. Oh, shit. Mixing them? <laughs> Fuck, dude. That's the dark arts. Dude, that's <laughs> the dark arts right there, man. Yeah, man. But that's that's the, the alchemy, you know? That's, Dude, now I have to do that too. You get oh. to... Yeah, it's very mati. What what should we talk about, Dave? Well, you you said you wanted to talk about fathers, but yeah. we could talk about any number of things. Yeah, so fathers. I talked about my dad on the pod. And I remember you, that. Yes, and you sent me, you reacted to that. You yeah. reacted, I can't remember I how I had you, some sympathy for your dad because I was, yeah. it, it sounded like, like that you were just stonewalling your dad yeah. and being like, and that here, here's your, you know, your aging father. And he's like, oh, Joey, he's writing to you all the time. And yeah. you're just like ignoring his messages and stuff. And you're just like, why don't you just cut it out, you stupid old fuck? Like, <laughs> why would I write back to you, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, just like uh, you didn't seem to have a lot of empathy yeah. or like. Here's how I would. Yeah. I Yeah. What I, I, I kind of put out a very abbreviated version. Yeah. Because it's like very sensitive and it's sure. like very, you know, parent stuff is the most loaded stuff. Arguably. Oh, you telling me. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I've been going off like Joey's been visiting, visiting me here while we're in Portland visiting and I've been. Yeah. I've been kvetching a you lot have about been things, things about my mom. Yeah, you have been kvetching a little bit about your mom. Yeah. But and I still talk to her, though. Yes. Like, it's a work in progress. That's the thing that I kind of object to, I guess, in my own philosophy. But let me start with just where I actually feel like I'm at. It's okay. interesting because my dad hasn't contacted me in a long time, but he called me two times yesterday. Oh, dang. Yeah. 
But um, the thing about my dad is that, I mean, you could go infinitely far back, but he hasn't really been taking care of himself for decades. And he had a kind of a hard life. Lots of panic attacks that he like didn't have a language for even understanding what it was. And then him sort of becoming an alcoholic inter- to handle that. And then ending up on lots of prescription drugs. And then never... This is actually kind of similar to my dad. It's funny. Sure. I mean, it's... Yeah. Not it's... that I, I didn't know my dad, but he also had a lot of anxiety and mental health and then a lot of prescription drugs. But so so yeah. then my dad goes, I really, I mean, I want to ask you about your dad, but... No, so, no, it's just not that I'm, I'm listening. But, um, um, <clears throat> but so then... This was when you were growing up, this stuff happened? Or is oh, this always. Like pre... okay. When I was a kid to end today. So he was like a, a weirdo kind of as you when you were a kid? Because he was well having panic attacks and being drugged up and stuff? Honestly, I was... My mom did a really good job, job shielding me from it. And I just really wasn't actually that aware of it. Oh, yeah. I just thought he would just be like bedridden. And as a kid, I just never really understood what that meant. He would just like be bedridden and then he would so be, he'd be like, like kind of holed up in his room all the time yeah and then he would and they'd sem- be like little joey don't go in don't don't bother your dad he's well i just didn't want to go in there but then there would be outings and for outings he would always have to be <clears throat> wasted because he has like extreme social phobias okay <clears throat> so then that would sometimes be a little bit clear that maybe the guy's like kind of wasted but more fast forward to present day. What would you be getting wasted on, if you don't mind me asking? Just a combination of benzos and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, which is like a very wasted person. Yes. Like benzos and alcohol mixed is a blacked out, very wasted person. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, it's an interesting combination. Very long term benzo use mm-hmm. leads to like heavily reduced cognitive ability. Huh. Where you just become this person that's... Okay, but anyway, but your dad was basically abusing the benzos and the alcohol. He was relying on benzos for, heavily. For outings, <clears throat> and he was yeah. needing them. So, Because what would happen? What do you think would happen if he wasn't on them? Or what was the... Yeah, exactly. He never... He, he never, would freak <laughs> out in public. He'd like go... Well, I turn think... Turn into for, a maniac and like run screaming away from anyone that looked him in the eyes kind I mean, of that's thing. A, or, no, that's a great question because that's the thing he never... So, yeah, so the thing he would always describe as what he's most afraid of is a sit-down dinner, a dinner party. Like, a, you're sit- seated at a table sure. where there's, like, six people, yeah. and you're having dinner, and you in that situation, because social convention sort of dictates that in that situation, there's no way to, like, stand up and leave. Was he from a very, like, strict background? No. Or is his family kind of no, repressed, repressive? No, I think it's a very, like... Um, not very held together, like kind of a loose, kind of a poor. He just kind of like did his own thing when he was a kid and just like stayed outside a lot. And... Like yeah, why, but why being afraid of dinner parties, I wonder? He's just, he has this crippling social phobia and a dinner party is like the most difficult thing to leave. Like any sort of other social thing, you can kind of, kind of do an Irish exit. But with just a sit-down dinner, out of all the different formats, that's the one where it's hardest to... So he's afraid to say goodbye? I mean, yeah. But it's... um, (laughs) He doesn't want to offend anyone? Yeah. But then, so so his his thing would be like he would just start sweating and he would just feel like... He would just have a panic attack where he would start sweating and his heart would race and he would think he was going to die when he's seated at a dinner party. Seated at dinner with people. In a way where he can't leave. But fast forwarding though to like present day is that after decades of heavy benzo use, Mm -hmm. he is like this really textbook, Mm -hmm. what the literature talks about, that it's, he's just this guy now that really can't sort of do basic things and he can't like hold up a conversation. Ultimately, it's just I'm afraid of becoming like that, mm-hmm. and it's I'm kind of sounds like. and I'm worried. It's just this thing of like seeing a parent 
in a really... It's like seeing your parent cry. It's like this deeply primal, upsetting thing. But just seeing a parent destroyed, it's also like this extremely primal, difficult mm-hmm. thing. And then over the last five, six years or whatever, for the first time, I kind of like just took a step back and realized that I don't have to put myself through this like extremely painful thing of talking to this person who clearly isn't even really hearing what I'm saying. Like the conversation isn't really even a conversation. And sure, it's very, it it is in a sort of social way, it is a favor to him because he like values me, the relationship, our father-son relationship or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like he values that Mm -hmm. in us talking. Us talking gives him something, even though he's not hearing anything. So that's like, I very much acknowledge and recognize that. And I recognize that taking that away from him is definitely a deeply like upsetting thing to him. But it is just a sort of, on some level, I think I got to the point where I just realized that I do have the right to sort of protect myself against this thing that I just find extremely deeply upsetting to see, to see this person who just is wasted all the time and is starts every day with benzos and alcohol and then like pretends like no one no- notices. What what is it that gets such a reaction out of you? Why can't you um like why can't you just be more be accepting and not judging and just be like, you know what? This is yeah. where he is. I'm going to meet him where he, where he is. It's not about me. I don't need to be afraid that like that that he's a reflection of me or that you know, you don't have to be so afraid of what he's bringing like you just try to accept the people even though they're imperfect but you're you're strong enough and kind of like secure enough in yourself that you don't get all reactive and rattled by whatever they're doing and you just accept like you know what he's my dad I don't know like what all happened to him why he was all like all jacked up like this I don't agree with his decision to do benzos and alcohol all day I think he's a weirdo, whatever. But you know what? That's okay. I'm still going to check in with him once a month and just have yeah. a little talk or whatever. But you know, so, why is that difficult for you? Yeah, it's because it's about that part where you say, like, um, I find it very hard to convince myself that we're not on the same life track. Like, is... I really see us as being on the same life track. Like, when my dad was the age I am now, he kind of had certain things like he kind of had a family and kids and some friends and then he ended up being extremely lonely later on mm-hmm. and i really struggle with convincing myself that i'm not just at that stage now where i still have a couple of friends and then 15 years from now i will be totally destitute with like no money totally sequestered into a very very small life of having nothing and it's like that the fear of that is like at the heart of it. The thing is that I also see him and me having the same thing of like we have the same anxiety and the same fears. Mm-hmm. And I always self-medicated and struggled in the same way that he did where I would not be comfortable just feeling my feelings. So I just was, there wasn't a specific like it wasn't so much alcohol specifically it wasn't really anything specifically but i was really addicted to not being sober Mm -hmm. and just feeling my feelings and feeling anxiety and feeling social anxiety and feeling these different fears and then the blame is really a sense of disappointment where i'm so in a very juvenile way i'm very disappointed in him for never getting to the point i'm trying to get to now of just living with my feelings and feeling my feelings without having to blunt them with chemicals. And that journey, which I really struggle with daily, mm-hmm. is something where it's so disheartening for me to see him not having succeeded with that. That's the thing where talking to him really drags something up. Yeah, I mean, I think you're on very different tracks in some ways. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not being very, like, therapist-like and just telling you my opinion or whatever versus yeah. asking you questions to elicit your own. Socratic. But you said, like, 
you're afraid you're on the same life track. Yeah. I mean, he had emotion. He had a couple kids by the time yeah, no. he was your age, and then he raised those kids to the extent that he could. Yeah. Even if he was like shut up, but I assume he did work, you know, and provided for your family to some sure. extent. He wasn't. I mean, he yeah. wasn't just like locked up in a room, like doing nothing. Well, and I mean, now everything. now he hasn't had a job for like thirty years, because really? yeah, is he on disability? He in Sweden. If you're crazy enough, they'll just give you a tiny amount of money. And he even he owes this Swedish government like a hundred, like a like twenty grand or something, and they still just give him like a little bit of money every month. Yeah, that's that's really tough. I'm just saying, like, um, you're you you you're on different tracks because you you haven't had any kids. I mean, you can't, you know, yeah. like I think. Like, again, like, I'm trying to kind of dig your dad out of out of the holes or stuff, but it, yeah. but overall, also just to say that, like, you, you, I'm saying the comparison of yourself to him is artificial. Like, it's natural to, like, reflect back on your parents and see. Yeah. From my perspective, like, my dad was going through some similar things and just, you know, abandoned a couple of families, like, one before us and then us. And then, you know, like, so at least your dad, uh, you know, did what he could to stick around you know and be with your family even though he wasn't perfect and so forth and i'm just saying so you have absolutely zero never contact. had any contact with him like once i had a dinner with him when i was 20 um but then like you never tr- you you tried to have some contact with him where you like i tried to but he was yeah. completely aloof okay like he didn't respond. And he's well, he's married, and you know, to another woman, and she yeah. also doesn't want him having any contact with me. Mm. She's kind of afraid that I'm just gonna like sue them because he's such a crazy fuck, and, right? You know, she just wants to keep him and his money to herself, I guess. Yeah, something like that's very harsh, but it's just to say, like, yeah. having the opportunity, even though you've got a fucked up dad, and it's difficult to look at his life. Yeah. And you read all these things, like you don't want to be like him and stuff. But I mean, that's why is it so affecting to you just to have a, a conversation with you? Yeah, that's the part that's hard to explain, where it's okay. like... A, you're not, we're not children anymore. Yeah. But like, don't you feel any, any you know, filial piety or any like responsibility to look after your, albeit messed up father, in his, yeah. in his twilight years? Or are you just going to go run and hide from your perception of what he's become is there no like bone in you or part in your mind no, that there's says, a like, big part of me says like hey to... like yeah i want to i want to look after you dad at least i'm not gonna like throw gasoline on the fire by running away and never talking to you yeah like i'm gonna i want to be there for you i love you even though i think that the way you live your life is messed up you yeah know? no i mean there's a big part of me that feels terrible about possibly making him feel worse but i mean we also have to acknowledge though that like we bring ourselves to this and you're very much seeing it just from the other perspective because of i mean it's reasonable (laughs) that because you're on the other side with your dad you know what i mean sure sure well i I think that i mean i think you you support your own side like i think you you've got your side covered so yeah i'm i'm doing his side like yeah yeah, but <laughs> like uh, you're you're looking out for yourself. Yeah, it's very interesting that you have a very hard line opposite view of it than everyone <laughs> else that I talk to about uh-huh. it. Uh huh. That's why it's interesting to have this conversation because you have the different view of it. But I I guess I do have a hard line on you know stonewalling one's parents or being unkind to one's parents. It's not yeah. so much, it's, it's really not so much, I mean, of course, like, I wish that my dad was, you know, wanting contact with me, but it's not like, I, th- I think like, oh, like, in any situation, since I didn't have a dad around, like, you should be nice to your dads or something. Yeah. Like, maybe there's a flavor of that, but it's more like through the difficulties with uh, my mom and my relationship that I... But, it, it, uh, it feels, part of it is it feels a little bit to me like you're just, he's kind of the desperate one now. Like he's kind of coming to you asking for the contact. Yeah. So you have the upper hand, you know, and that you're kind of, 
you're punishing him for all the shit that he's done throughout your life, I think. But Yeah. In in internally I think you're still mad. The I mean, I don't feel like that it's powered by anger. It's really just powered by the darkness I feel in me for two to three months after talking to him. But I guess that's the part that I can't that I have difficulty understanding. Yeah, that's the part. Because what? Part what that, how are you giving him that much power in your life still? I mean, it's a you know, it's a parent thing, you know. And I, that's I where. Yeah. That's where it's. That's the part that I'm not very good at verbalizing. I think. But um, yeah, I mean, we got to put a pin in it there because we got to go get some brunch, Dave. Yeah, man. But, it's a. Um, it sounds like a. But it's a, a deep, way. dark place that even the even the strongest, even mintiest mate water can't. can't can't lift you up with the effervescence. Even of, soda water can't clean that stain. Effervescence of forgiveness and yeah, bro. Now I hear you. And no, it's um, it's it's a um, tough spot. It's interesting how different our perspectives on it are. But you're a big man, and you can you yeah. can be strong. And carry on. Yeah. Even though your dad is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good rhyme, Dave. Um, okay, but we got we to gotta call it there, and then we'll, we'll pick this back up um, six months from now. We'll record another episode, Dave. I'd love that, brother. Thanks for having me on. Mm. Thank you for all the delicious sparkling waters. Yeah. Yerba mate mint. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right, y'all, that's the episode. And also, it's not the episode, because I'm thinking maybe I could do sort of... Maybe from now on, I'll try to do little hybrid episodes, where after a two-person conversation, I'll try to add one more thought. Because I, uh, I feel like we didn't really finish the conversation, and then I took the train home from... Portland and I was sitting there and looking at the rivers and forests and stuff thinking about it all and I feel like I very much agree with Dave that the goal is to make everyone happy and to stay in touch with my dad and and to man up and then I felt like Dave got a little bit hung up on the end goal there and was less interested in talking about the process, but I think the process for me has to be that everyone tells me that it's irrational to believe that I will become my dad, but I'm just not totally convinced that that's true, and maybe I have to really look at it. So I sat there on the train and I was thinking, why do I believe so strongly that I will become my dad? And it's as if there are these very shallow reasons for why and these very deep reasons for why. And the shallow ones are are these ones that anyone can relate to where you grow up a little bit and you look at your parents and you recognize all these things like physical movements and things that they that your parent that your mom does or your dad does that you also do. Like one thing that really sticks with me is how my dad has this thing of right after waking up in the morning and right before going to bed he scratches his head he puts like both palms on top of his head and he starts to really aggressively scratch his scalp (laughs) starting from his hairline with like all 10 fingers running over his head like in this aggressive like the 10 legs of galloping horses just like furiously scratching his head working slowly working his way back over his scalp and he just scratches his whole head and and it's not very charming and i remember being a teenager and having a girlfriend and staying over at my girlfriend's house and doing that and my girlfriend like commented on it was like Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's, she thought it was very strange. A very strange and 
unsightly thing to be doing. And I just, that's when I realized that not everyone does that. And then I also realized that my dad does that and I've never seen anyone else do that. And then now, you know, 15 plus years later, I still find myself doing that because I know, I mean, who knows why? Because I was taught it at a young age. I mean, I don't know if it's nature or nurture is what I'm saying, but regardless, it's, I think we all have these things where you can't even control it. Like, why do I suck my teeth when I'm thinking in this really unsightly way, just like my dad? Or my dad has this way of biting his fingernails down to the very bone. And it has taken me a lot of work to not have my nervousness come out in aggressive fingernail biting. Where he'll bite a fingernail off almost all the way, but not all the way, so that on one end the fingernail is still attached, so that it sticks straight out. And then he'll like use that as a little knife on something. And for some reason I did that too. And it's like, why? It's not... It's not very... It's not very cool. But that's what he does and that's what I do. Or like everything, you know, how his, his posture is bad and his breath is bad and his drinking is bad and then his thinking gets really bad. And Or like my, my dad's favorite food is plain white bread with lots of butter and then a slice of plain yellow cheese and nothing else on there and a sort of open-faced sandwich. And that's my favorite food too, you know. And I've tried to unlearn all of those things and I don't know that I have. And so those are the shallow things. And then there's this other thing, this like very deep thing. That's the opposite. And it's very abstract and it's, it's almost... I mean, it's related to this concept of self-realization and how we can become really true to ourselves. And it's this thing with the life track, you know, like, I don't know, when he was my age, he had a couple of friends, and then later he didn't. And the best way I thought of how to explain it is sort of that I have this friend, his name is Matt, and me and Dave used to be friends with him in Shanghai, and me and Matt used to live on the same street, and we hung out every day, and we had little motorcycles that we would drive up and down the streets, and we would go to clubs and party and talk about girls and sit around in the park, and and it was like this vibrant city life in Shanghai, a city with 25 million people and, you know, tens of thousands of high-rises. And even in that sort of hyper-modern cityscape, Matt, getting to know Matt was to understand that in his heart he had a different image, which was an image of himself and a, a different life. And, and it was sort of, I mean, it was kind of, it was very opposite, but it was very abstract. He would just tell these stories and the stories would be like set in nature and he would talk about how as a kid he would like make his own weapons and hunt little animals and eat the animals and and he would know a lot of stuff about that world he would just be he would just have studied it a lot because i don't know what why it was something about he was a bad kid and his parents sent him off to military baptist boarding school and they just put him in the forest and he just had to like kind of fight for his survival in some sort of privileged nature world and he would be this sort of well-organized well-studied savage out there and he would tell these stories about animals and plants and farm work and all this stuff and it would it, it, i mean it was very abstract because he never said oh i imagine myself living in a different world in the future not a city Hyper, not in the hypermodernity of Shanghai, I imagine. He never said that out loud. It was just the implication. It was this abstract, it was a feeling. But if you got to know Matt, you could feel it. You could feel that there was a different image in his chest. 
Like he carried an image in his chest of himself and of himself in a different world. Of this, um, it was like a little dollhouse in his chest. A blueprint. And then, you know, we both moved from Shanghai and I didn't see him for like three, four years. And then I visited him and he was living outside of Sacramento and and he was no longer this like young kid tumbling through a city all alone with no money in his pocket, kind of like living month to month. Instead, he was a sort of clan leader and he owned all these properties and he had all these farms and he was growing all these crops and he had these people working for him and they depended on him and he took care of them and he had a pregnant girlfriend and dogs and cats and animals and it was like this world that was completely unsurprising even though it was in every single way very far removed from being in those apartments in those high rises in that dusty metropolis, it was still not surprising because it was the image that he had always, he had just self-realized. He had become true to himself. And we like stood around and looked at his crops and he like explained things to me, like how you got to take the fish meal and which is basically like ground up bones of fish and you have to put that in the water and when you pour that on the plants and we would stand there with his crops and all of his people and he would have all these cats and you know just talk about the salts that you have to put in the water for the plants and how the same thing applies to us and it was like this whole world life philosophy and he talked about the fish meal and he gave me a bag of he gave me a bag of salt Baja Golden Valley sea salt or something. I don't remember what it was called. But it was like dirty ocean salt with all the dirt and the minerals and everything still in there. And he said that it was good to put that on the food and then then I would feel better because that had all the things that I needed, you know? Those things that normal salt cleans away. And it was this entire life philosophy of how to live and he'd always carry that philosophy in his heart. And then he had made it true, and he had become self-realized. And what I mean to say with this analogy is that just because a man is living in a certain place, living a certain life, doesn't mean that the next time you see him, he can't be living in a radically different place and living a radically different life. Especially if that next life is much more true to who he really is. That's how I feel when I look at my dad. Because when I look at my dad, I realize that he created the world that he's living in. Like when he was in his 30s, he had friends and he had a family and, and he went to social engagements and he like did stuff, but everything was painful to him. And he just wanted to sit alone in his apartment and watch TV and be alone and be totally safe. And that was the only time that he could avoid pain and to just be there and not owe anyone any favors, and not have to show up for anyone and not have to sit down for any four-person dinners, no couples dinners and no saying hello and no saying goodbye and no maintaining functional small talk. Because all of those things were, in the end, to him, pure pain. And instead, he just sort of lives his little suburban, suburban, lonely, shitty, small apartment, mountaintop life, where he's all alone. And I understand that because I have the same blueprint in my heart. Like, I, just like how Matt walks around in Shanghai with this image in his heart of a totally different world that eventually will become true for him. In the same way I walk around in this life now where I have a job and I make money and I have friends and I do a lot of stuff. And I seem to have my shit together, but I, I walk around with this blueprint in my heart for, for a different life. And that life is a very sad life. I mean, that's the blueprint my daddy gave me. And I wish my blueprint was different, you know? I wish my blueprint was for a, you know, 
for some sort of connected life. And then I pretend like I can change it. And I try to think of a different blueprint where I can live in some sort of Amish, Amish, I don't know, some sort of kibbutz, some sort of little clan where I will have friends and I will have people around me and people will check in on me and I will check in on them and it will feel good. But it's like, <clears throat> in reality, that's, that's not what anything ever is. Because everything about engaging with the world is pain. Because I'm a sensitive person, just like my dad. And the only thing I truly enjoy doing is being alone. And uh, that image in my heart never seems to fade. Instead, I think it seems to be growing stronger with every passing year. And... Um, Yeah. And then it's this question, people, everyone, look. they look at me and they're like, but you're not your dad. And and, um, and you don't have to become like your dad and, and everything, but it's, um, it's a very specific blueprint that my dad carried in his heart and that he eventually created for himself. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And every year it's like, you know, feels like maybe this is the year. And maybe this is the year, you know, maybe the year of the podcast is the year that I give up on the world. Maybe this is the year that I turn away. But I don't know. I don't know what will happen. It's just that that's what I believe. And how do I stop believing that? And, you know, talking to my dad makes me feel like I am accelerating towards that self-realized state. And that's why I don't like talking to my dad. But, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that was our review of three brands of mint-flavored sparkling yerba mate. And uh, now we'll do a little bit of a sparkling, sparkling water, sparkling mind. For today's session, take a seat, plant your feet on the ground, sit up a little bit more straight, and inhale through your nose. And then let all that air out and let a little bit of yourself escape with that air. And then breathe in and do it again. And do this with every breath. Perhaps it will become clear that you're not even there. Just a bubble in the stream. That's what the Buddha tells us. Just a sparkling, sparkling bubble in the stream. 